we're still in 1 Timothy, uh, and 1 Timothy is a book written by Paul to his apprentice, his protege, um, Timothy, uh, about how to get leadership uh, raised up, set up in Ephesus for the church. And we know the church has had problems with false doctrine and stuff. And one of the things that I've noticed about Timothy, and it's probably true about most of the New Testament, even though we have joy in the Lord, Paul wasn't kidding around. I couldn't, now maybe it's because I don't know Greek, but I couldn't find a single joke in the book of 1 Timothy. It was like, he wasn't like, you know, saying a bunch of sarcastic stuff or anything. It was, it was pretty serious. Yep. Um, and so last week we looked at, uh, well, it, it was like a kingdom plan, you know, to uh, not take over the world, but to pave the world for the gospel to go out. And he said, first of all, I want you guys to pray. And when he said, you guys, he meant you, you guys. I guess he figured the women were already praying, but, you know, first of all, I want the men to pray. And uh, I was talking to a relationship with you through Christ. And Lord, we just ask that you would show us things that would impact our lives individually and impact this church corporately, Lord God, that would bring us closer to you and make us more Christ-like in Jesus' name. Amen. So, uh, leaders are for our good. Now, we're not going to talk about the horror stories because they're out there. Um, and some of you might have been in a church where a leader didn't do right, and that's not good. That's not God's intent for leaders. Uh, but, but there is good leaders. There are leaders God has given us. And you know what? It's really interesting. I had two mentors when I was a young Christian, two believers uh, that were uh, really important to me. One of them later fell away, and the other one, right now, I'm trying to get him back in church. He's out of church. So they had things happen in their lives, and it, their trajectory went in a way that wasn't good. But yet, at that time, they really impacted my life uh, by what they could teach me. They knew things about Jesus I didn't know. So uh, even if you had you know, some leader that had issues, uh, God might have taught you something through that. Um, so we're going to start out with the elders. Meet the elders is what I call this. Um, this saying is trustworthy. If anyone aspires to the office of an overseer, he desires a noble task. Therefore, an overseer must be above reproach, the husband of one wife, sober-minded, self-controlled, respectable, hospitable, able to teach, not a drunkard, not violent, but gentle, not quarrelsome, not a lover of money. He must manage his own household well with all dignity, keeping his children submissive. For if someone does not know how to manage his own household, how will he care for God's church? He must not be a recent convert, or he will become puffed up with conceit and fall into the condemnation of the devil. Moreover, he must be well thought of by outsiders, so that he may not fall into disgrace, into the snare of the devil. 
Um, as an elder, I am terrible, terribly convicted reading these words. See if you see a little shaking going on, that's probably a good thing. But um, it's using the term overseer. And my view, you know, is that an overseer that talks about here is really the same people, the same person as an elder or a shepherd or a pastor in other places in the New Testament. And uh, you, can, you can see that, we'll see that in a minute, where Paul talks about, talk, he calls the elders at Ephesus together and calls them overseers. We'll see that in a sec. Uh, but for me, the word overseer, maybe it's my southern heritage, I don't know. Immediately, I think of somebody that was put over the slaves in pre-Civil War. Overseer is not a term that takes me to my happy place. Um, it's the taskmaster, the one that was, you know, beating people and stuff like that. Uh, and that's just the way the word has some cultural connotations for us. But the idea of an overseer is not, is not that. The idea of an overseer is somebody who's kind of, you know, looking over. Kind of, it, it, you know, you could have bad uh, overseers that go for the whip, but then you can have a good overseer that knows what your job is and is, you know, helping you and keeping an eye out for you and making sure you're not going off the path. Uh, and that's what it's talking about. Uh, one who is accountable to God for looking after the welfare oop, typo, of people in the church. Not the welfare people, <laughs> but the welfare of people in the church, particularly their spiritual health. He is an under-shepherd who assists Jesus, the good shepherd, in guarding the flock and helping us all to mature in Christ by praying for, teaching, comforting, counseling, and when needed, correcting us for our sake and for the sake of the church. Here's what Paul said himself to the elders at Ephesus. This is Acts 20, 28. He says, pay attention to yourselves and to all the flock in which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to take care for the church of God, which he obtained with his own blood. So it's a, it's a real serious calling and uh, I, I, for one, do not take it lightly at all. Um, it's a good thing for a person to want to be an elder. That's so interesting to me. He starts it off by saying, if somebody wants to be an elder, that's a good thing. And um, if you're sitting there saying, you know what? I want to be an elder. That's a good thing. It's a good thing to want to be an elder. Um, that doesn't mean that, you know, you walk up to the pastor and say, look, I'm, I'm, I'm here for you. I, I want to be an elder, you know, and tomorrow you become an elder. But uh, certainly if God is calling you, that's one of the ways he's going to call you is he's going to give you a heart and a desire to do that. Um, but there are qualifications, and we read them before, but I'm going to go through these qualifications. Now, I'm going to skip ahead in my outline um, to where I say why this matters for you if you're not going to be an elder. And the reason it matters to you is these same qualifications are, are aspects of the character of Jesus Christ. And there's none of us 
that don't want to grow in all the aspects of Jesus Christ, to grow Christ-like by knowing him. So these are things that somebody who is uh, selected to be an elder should already be demonstrating to some degree. But it's something that we can all aspire to and ask the Lord about. Okay, the first thing, above reproach. Well, this is going to be funny to you. Uh, I, I, I dabbled in the, the, the Greek-English stuff, you know. To, it's like, what does that mean in English? Well, among other things, it means that the elder doesn't go out and get arrested <laughs> on a regular basis. <laughs> I mean, if you, <laughs> if, you, if you got arrested for the cause of Christ, that would be okay. But, you know. Above reproach means that the cops are not after you. You're, yeah, that's right. Uh, the husband of one wife. Okay, this is, this is where in our society, where so many people are divorced and remarried, it's, it's a deal. Um, but the idea, and I'm not going to get in, I'm not going to uh, slice and dice it about can divorce people be an elder. I mean, we've had a divorce uh, elder or elder had who had been divorced previously so um, this is I'm not going to dice that <clears throat> but I am going to say the focus is it's on a one woman man husband of one wife is the same in the Greek as man of one woman so clearly the idea is that the elder is not on the make you know Right? You know, I, I, won't, I, you know I, I won't have to go any further. And, you know, that is hugely important. If you think of how many people have fallen, how many leaders in churches have fallen because they were not the husband of one wife. They were not a one-woman man. I mean, that's huge. This is a huge requirement. You know, Paul nailed it. Uh, okay, sober-minded. You'll like this one. What's the opposite of sober-minded? Drunk-minded. Drunk Absolutely. What would that mean? I think, to a certain extent, it means that the elder's not goofy. <laughs> There's probably some parameters about it. But, you know, the elder's not... You know, a goon. You come to the elder with a serious problem. The elder doesn't, you know, the, you know what I'm talking about. It's like it's, he's had a few drinks and he's, he's just happy. And you come and you pour out your heart and he's like, you know, <laughs> telling you a joke, making a pun out of what you've said. Um, no, he's supposed to be sober-minded. Does that mean he has to be glum? If you see me on a bad day, uh, I am not behaving like an elder. I'm behaving like an old grump. Okay, uh, that's not what sober-minded means. It's talking about being serious about this thing. Uh, Self-control, as in not reckless, you know. An elder that's quick to jump on any get-rich-quick scheme that comes down the pike is probably not being self-controlled. And, um, you know, there's our aspects. Um, respectable means uh, <laughs> orderly, not disorderly. I don't know how wrinkled my shirt is, but um, 
hospitable, loving guests, uh, able to teach, communicate gospel truths. That's not just able to, you know, I'm a good English teacher and stuff like that. That's having a sense and understanding of the gospel where you can communicate it to others. Um, not a drunkard. Um, isn't that interesting? So if an elder drinks a, you know, a glass of wine for dinner, he's probably cool. If an elder drinks a bottle of wine for dinner, <laughs> it probably is not cool. Not violent, but gentle. I mean, a peacemaker. Uh, not quarrelsome. Not a lover of money. Ooh. Yeah. Oh. That's causing some moaning in the congregation. Uh, yeah. Manages his own household well. And that would be not exactly your house. It's your household. It's, it's the people in your household. Um, if your house is known as the neighborhood crack house, then something's wrong. <laughs> Even if it's not you, it's just the members of your household. So, so an elder is, is, you know, that now all of us, a bunch of us have adult kids uh, who are not living the way we believe they should. And I, you know, it, the way I see this, it's basically talking to, to people that are under your authority. Adult kids, that's, they're kind of not under your authority anymore. Uh, and there are limits to, I think, an elder, if they had an adult, uh, a grown adult kid living with them, and they behaved in a certain, there would be a limit that the, the elder would say, this is not helpful, this is not good for you, this is not good for us, and they wouldn't be able to live there anymore. So, you know, I think there are situations like that, but basically I think we're talking about, you know, bringing up the family stuff. With all dignity, keeping his children submissive. Oh, that's an easy one. Uh, Yeah, um, not a recent convert because they could become prideful. The devil, they could fall into the same problem as the devil had of, oh, look at me, you know, don't look at God, look at me. Um, not a recent convert. So if somebody starts, you know, becomes a Christian last week, they should not be made an elder the following week. Now, it doesn't say how long, but that recentness, I think, has to do with depth of maturity as much as time. Well thought of by outsiders. And that is, so there's no scandal. And that's another thing, you know, besides the women thing, there's the, the, the scandal thing of somebody getting into some shady scheme or something, and then it's all over the pa uh, papers. Uh, and I know we think of pastors, we think of scandals, you know, when's the last time you, you saw a a scandal about an elder. They kind of, elders in our society kind of fly under the radar. But really, a pastor is, is an elder, a kind of elder. We'll talk about that. Uh, at LHC, we currently have here at the elders, there's me, there's Jamie, there's uh, Vic Spencer, who's in Sunday school, and then there's Israel Rios. Where is he? There he is. Everybody look at Israel back there. <laughs> um, we also have 
Charlie Davis in our congregation now. Charlie Davis, who you might know, Charlie and Gail, uh, and Charlie Angel, who plays keyboards here um, a lot. They have been elders, actively serving as elders in the past and are not actively serving as elders now. But our view is once an elder, always an elder. You know, um, so if somebody steps down as an elder, we don't, we don't yank that away from him because they're due respect. They're due the respect, and we seek their counsel on things. And they would be a good person to talk to. Um, so, qualification, any, any questions? This is scary. I'm asking for questions. Yeah. This must not be a sermon. This is a, I am teaching, I guess. So, any questions about elders? No? no? no. Okay, back to preaching. Uh, deacons, qualifications for deacons. Deacons, likewise, and that's so important, likewise. So, like elders, deacons must be dignified, not double-tongued, not addicted to much wine, which is, yeah, that's kind of funny. They, well, we'll get into that a little bit. Not greedy for dishonest gain. They must hold the mystery of the faith with a clear conscience and let them also be tested first, then let them serve as deacons if they prove themselves blameless. Their wives, likewise, must be dignified, not slanderers, but sober-minded, faithful in all things. Let deacons each be the husband of one wife, managing their children and their own households well. For those who serve well as deacons gain a good standing for themselves and also great confidence in the faith that is in Christ Jesus. So the word deacon is this Greek word for servant. Uh, we use deacon as a technical term, but, you know, it means servant. These are godly people who maybe not be called to spiritually shepherd the church, act as God's hands and feet to serve the people by attending their, to their physical needs. Uh, it looks to us like we see the beginnings of the New Testament deacons in the book of Acts. And uh, I won't, if you put that up there, oh, I was gone, it's not all on one screen. But basically, I'll tell you what it's, it's talking about without reading the whole thing. Uh, so in Jerusalem, uh, you had this the early church, the very beginnings of the church, and they were all together. They a lot of them lived together. They pooled their resources together, and they had widows that got uh, support. And uh, this this problem r rose up because the Greek Jewish widows. And they were all Christians, but the Greek Jewish widows were not getting the fair share that, that the Jewish, non-Greek Jewish widows were getting. And uh, that was a problem. So the apostles recognized the need to have somebody to go out and, uh, and, and divvy up the stuff and make sure everybody was getting what they needed, getting the support they needed. So they asked the congregation, okay, congregation, uh, you got some guys out there among you that are full of the Holy Spirit that would be good at doing this? And they presented, you know, a slate of people to the apostles. And the apostles said, okay, you know, and 
So they went out and uh, helped uh, the, the, uh, the widows, helped in that distribution. Um, and also, Stephen was one of them, and he was the first martyr because he, he was preaching and doing miracles as well as helping the widows. And, uh, and he got arrested and stoned and all that. But uh, that is... Um, at least looked upon as, as the first deacons. So really important role in the church. So back in 1 Timothy, we see uh, similar qualifications for deacons as for elders. A couple of things are noticeably absent. Well, first, let's talk about the funny one. Not addicted to much wine. Let's not be drunkards deacons or if you want to be a deacon don't don't think well i could have a small addiction let's look on the you know go for the best but uh but it is interesting you know the uh the elder can't be a drunkard and the uh deacon can't be addicted to much wine uh but besides that another one is uh they don't have to be apt to teach meaning they might not have the same understanding of the gospel and the scriptures as the elders. We can see that they're godly people, uh, but they, they might not be ready to do that. That might not be something uh, that either they're mature enough to do or just isn't, isn't what they're called to do. Um, and they can be relatively recent converts. Just now, I'm, I'm basing that on the fact that deacons are expressly told not to, don't, don't have a recent convert as a deacon, but, um, excuse me, as an elder. But as a deacon, it doesn't mention that. So the idea is that the deacons might, you wouldn't have somebody come in last week, uh, become a Christian, and then make them a deacon. I don't think that's right. But there's not the same qualification of having been around for a long time that there is for the elder. Uh, since a deacon is a servant, there's less chance of being prideful. That's the problem that is said about the elders. If you make a new guy the, uh, the, an elder, then they could become proud. But the role of a deacon is a servant role. They're emptying the trash. Not all the time, but they're emptying the trash. They deserve honor because they are serving the Lord, but they're not standing up in front of people and teaching and doing stuff like that as much. So um, that, that's really interesting. And you know, um, when you think about Jesus, Jesus is the suffering servant. Uh, like the scripture Matt read, you know, Jesus went to the lowest place and God honored him by raising him to the highest place. And we should always uh, think about our deacons as, as uh, being people really worthy of honor because they are mimicking Christ in being servants. Okay, um, another thing about deacons is... <laughs> Uh, Timothy was told that they should be tested. Now, I'm not clear on 
when that test happens. It's the idea that they're giving jobs to do, and if they do these jobs well, they're recognized in deacon, as deacons in a way maybe they weren't prior to that. Maybe they're like prospective deacons or deacons in training, uh, DITs. Um, but they're given a job to do, and if they're faithful to it, it's like, okay, yeah, this is our deacon, you know. And, but if they're not, then, you know, maybe back to the drawing board. So, um, so they're, they're get, they get tested. Uh, and then when they're faithful, they're recognized by leadership before, before the whole church. So, as far as elders go, just because we do not see it, we do not have uh, women serving as elders. And you can refer back to the sermon last week or uh, Ben's sermon. If you have last week's notes, you could find Ben's sermons on the role of men and women in the church. But um, we do have women serving as deacons in our church. And the reason is... Uh, in that scripture where it says their wives likewise must be dignified, not slanderers, but sober-minded, sober faithful in all things. The word wives is really women. And it is legit. And scholars, people that know, sometimes say, yes, this is referring to women deacons, not the wives of uh, deacons. I mean, that kind of makes sense because with the elders, you don't see requirements for the elders' wives, but here you see requirements for the deacons' wives, which, you know, it makes me think that, you know, this is a pretty good scripture, uh, knowing what's behind the, the word wives there that uh, says that women could serve as deacons. But for me, this is me, my big go-to scripture is uh, Sister Phoebe. Sister Phoebe is in Romans 16, 1 and 2, where Paul writes, I commend to you our sister Phoebe, a servant of the church at Sincrae. I looked it up on Google. Sincrae. She was a servant of the church at Sincrae, that you may welcome her in the Lord in a way worthy of the saints and help her in whatever she may need from you. For she has been a patron of many and of myself as well. So that statement there, a servant of the church at Sincrae, uh, she is literally being called a deacon of a local church. You know, it's the same phrase. That word servant is the same word as deacon. So based on this understanding, here at LHC, we do recognize female deacons. We currently have de two deacons, Susan Spencer and Christina Rios. Now, if you know these folks, you know that Susan is married to Vic Spencer, an elder, Christina is married to Israel, an elder. And you might think, 
that just kind of sounds a little ingrown, you know. Uh, if you don't think that, I'm sorry to bring that thought into your head. <laughs> he was fine until I brought it up. Uh, but that's just, the, that's just right now. That's just right now. Um, we've had other deacons in the past, and we are actively, actively um, desiring to grow. As we grow as a church, we'll need more elders and more deacons. That's just the way it is. But uh, in the past, Gail Davis, who, who was the wife of... <laughs> Charlie, who was an elder, uh, served as a deacon. But Charlie himself, for a long time, served as a deacon before he became an elder. And that's not uncommon when you think of it, you know, for, for, for that to happen. Um, for somebody to serve as a deacon, serve well, and grow to where they can fulfill the role of an elder. Um, Israel was also a deacon prior to being uh, set in as an elder. And then we have a couple of previous deacons who are no longer at this local church, but they're other places serving the Lord. They're still serving the Lord. So I'd like to wind up uh, with a request that you consider what your calling is from God. Because we're all called. We're all called to something. As we grow, we will need God to provide us with more elders and deacons. If you want to serve in one of these ministries, this is a good desire. We saw that in verse, the first verse we, we looked at. Please let me or any of the current elders know. Also, if you see someone in the congregation that is exhibiting these qualifications, let us know that as well. Um, it is the elders' responsibility, along with feedback and support of the congregation, to recognize and ordain new elders and deacons. Also, if you look, this is, I, I mentioned this earlier, if you look at the requirements for elders and deacons, they're all good qualities for us all to have. Um, I can't tell you how much I need to grow in these elder traits. And I'm hoping that my wife is not going to tell you how much I need to grow in these elder traits. Um, but uh, I like the fact that the Lord has given us a list like this and say, oh, yeah, this is important. This is important because we're talking about ministry of the church. The church is precious to God. and It's so important that we have good leaders. And you don't have to have a title to be a servant. You don't have to be recognized. In fact, you know, looking at this, it appears that, that you, you start being a servant and then you're recognized as being a deacon. Or you start taking kind of the spiritual role of an elder, not in the authority of making decisions for the church maybe, but in being able to minister and counsel younger, younger people. And uh, maybe, you know, you'll be set in as an elder, but even if not... I mean, you're doing God's work. And uh, we, in, in a different letter, it talks about the older women teaching the younger women. But so how, it's so important uh, that, uh, well, this final statement on page three, I said, don't wait for recognition to begin serving your brothers and sisters. It is a principle well documented in the New Testament that the stronger should serve the weaker 
that the older should counsel the younger and that the younger honor the older. So, you know, whether or not you're ever called to be an elder or a deacon, you can really be important in, uh, in your local church by serving where God has put you. So, um, I want to finish this off. It's 12.01, I know. But if, for some reason, if, if somebody is not a believer in Jesus Christ, um, please come see us if, if it's something you want to talk about or if you want to give your life to Christ. Um, not everybody in the world is, is saved, uh, but God opens his arms and, uh, and we, want to, we want to help with that. And again, if you feel called to any kind of ministry, please, please let us know, us being, you know, Jamie, me, Israel, Vic, Susan, you know, uh, Christina, and, and we'll help. And uh, just, uh, just pray about these things. Read these things as if they apply to you, these qualities, these traits, and kind of, uh, I almost made a, like, a report card out of them. Wouldn't that be something? Like, one to ten, and have an attribute, drunkard, you know. <laughs> much you know what but I didn't I didn't but uh, anyway it's probably good to to take inventory all right um, let's let's pray in this uh, but then there's a benediction a song benediction but Lord Jesus we thank you Lord God that you provide leadership to us Lord we ask for the leaders in this local church and the servants in this local church Lord that you would bless them Cause them to really give themselves to your work and to your people. And Lord, we just pray that you would prosper this congregation to do your will in Jesus' name.